Yo, everybody, welcome back to the Betting 11. We got a lot of action on tap, so we got to make it quick on each segment here. I'm with Ian. What's going on, guys? Yeah, we have a meaty podcast tonight. We got a very, very meaty uh, schedule here going on. So we just wanted to kind of update you guys with what we've been up to lately. I know uh, the last we talked, we had Blake had gone in for surgery and everything. Blake, how you doing with uh, with the recovery and everything? Yeah, you know, I'm able to talk on this pod. Had my head sliced into not too long ago, a couple Tuesdays ago. Uh, just some infection clearing up from a brain surgery. Had four surgeries this year. So uh, to be talking with you guys about soccer and to be able to make some bets, I'm glad the doctors didn't take the degeneracy away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they left that part of your brain in there. So that's that's good to see. But uh, for the world. I guess yeah, yeah, for sure. On on my end, I kind of forgot to let you guys know, not nearly as big a deal as what Blake's been going through and everything. But two podcasts ago, I decided to spill half a beer on my laptop as we were finishing up. And I was like, oh fuck that's a lot of beer on there. I tried to wipe it up the best I could and I turned it upside down to let it maybe drain. But as I turn it upside down, it's just hissing and you can tell like the circuits are just fried. And I left it a couple of days to try and dry out, tried to turn it on, nothing happened, plugged it into the power, nothing happened. So I got on the phone with Apple and they're like, oh, yeah, you can just mail it in to us since it's COVID and a lot of our stores are closed right now. I was like, okay, that's great. I'd love to mail it in. And then they, I don't know why they didn't realize this first time, but they realized my laptop's too old for a mail-in, which I, I don't know why. I guess they don't have the parts anymore or whatever. So I was like, okay, Jeez. I guess I'll bring it. <laughs> I guess I'll bring it in in person. And I asked them for the closest store and they gave me the Apple store, which is about 20 minutes from me. But I know firsthand that that store is closed right now because of COVID. So when I told them that, <laughs> they, they were like, oh, well, here's the next closest one. And it's three hours away from me. So yeah, not going to do that. Yeah. So I dropped it off at just some local computer shop on Friday. They're going to check it out. They're closed on the weekends. Um, so I'm fully anticipating getting a phone call tomorrow saying that, yeah, your laptop's fucked. You need a new one. Well, hopefully they didn't steal all the good picks off your laptop, man. Oh yeah. There's a bunch of good picks on there. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, oh. yeah, so I don't know. In the meantime, I've been trying to do all this stuff without a laptop, which you, you take for granted how easy it is to tap, type on a laptop compared to an iPad or your phone. So I really appreciate all the work that Blake's been doing it, uh, in, in the meantime and everything. But, um, you know, it, yeah, there's from, a lot of work that goes into all this stuff. From that craziness to the craziness of this weekend. Oh, man, we have so much to talk about. Like we said earlier, uh, real quick, we'll get into our records. If you go just based off of the website, which is probably the best way to keep track of our bets because we fire so many bets off sometimes. It Like, you know, we're trying to give you the stuff that we feel is the best odds or the best chance of coming out on top because we're trying to make money. And that doesn't mean that Blake and I aren't firing off some crazy aspects, you know, just because we feel like doing it. We, we don't want to give you guys those bets. And at the end of the day, you end up losing money. Um, so 
if you go just based off the website, the liens that we gave you guys, we were eight and three on the weekend for a plus point, uh, sorry, plus 4.84 units, which is the best we've done so far. So I really feel like we're starting to get into a groove here and, you know, we got big things coming. Yeah. Speaking of getting into a groove, I don't think Marcus Turam could have spit any better into uh, his opponent's face at Hoffenheim the other day. I mean, he was in the groove as far as that was concerned. He, uh, however, made us some money. And, you know, you think, what what does spitting have to do with making some money? He made us a good amount of money as uh, they took a red card for that late in the match. I think it was the 75th minute after being sent off, they, Mochen Gladbach, went straight into losing the match. I mean, they conceded right away to make us some decent catch on the in-game bet. Seriously, dude, what are you doing, especially right now with everything that's going on with COVID? Why are you spitting in somebody's face? That's never something that you should do. But given everything that's going on right now, he might get a seriously long ban. I mean, if someone, came, if someone came up to you and spat in your face, Ian, while you're walking down the street or something, or, or you had the ability to report them to the authorities, would you do it? Dude, in normal times, I would try to beat the fuck out of my Final guy. round. Fight. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. <laughs> you know, I would at least try. I'm not going to take a right. you know, loogie in the face. But right now with everything going on, oh, my God, I have no idea what I would do. I, You know, mm. first off, I'd be like, why aren't you wearing a fucking mask? you know, coming near me, but <laughs> oh man, it's just crazy, dude. And you know, that, that that's probably the craziest thing that happened over the weekend, but we also, you know, there were some, some really intense games that happened. And, you know, just talking about today, we had Manchester United and Leeds, and we knew there were going to be a lot of goals in that game, but man, did we think there were going to be eight goals in that two goals no. in the first three minutes from a holding mid and Scott McTominay, like eight goals. Holy shit. Hey, we were looking for goals after the last pod, and we saw those goals come through. I mean, windfall of balls in the back of the net. And I definitely had a few drinks before that. And what I was drinking was Gumball Head from <laughs> Three Floyd's Brewery. It's an American weeded ale with white wheat and dry hopped, hand selected hops from the Yakima Valley. Bright and refreshing with a lemony finish. It's uh, 5.6%. <laughs> And I had a few of those moving into the game today, like I said I was going to, and the game did not disappoint. Oh man, that sounded like a little little ad bit right there. Did they pay? You I, I want to show really I want to show potential investors that we're capable of promoting <laughs> their product. So Gumball Head, that if you're listening, great, man. <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah, so uh, we had we had that craziness with the United and Leeds, and you know one thing I want to kind of apologize to our listeners and about the Liverpool and Palace game. We should have seen that coming. You know, we had uh, Spurs and Palace last week where Spurs, if they would have chosen to play after they scored that first goal, they could have won two, three, four, nothing as well. But they decided to sit back and defend and ended up in a draw one, one. And Liverpool kind of showed Spurs like, hey, this is how you go about winning a league. When you get up on a team, you fucking hammer them. You don't let them breathe because just about every team in the Premier League has somebody capable of world-class you know that that world-class skill to where they can pop up with a goal just here and next thing you know you're equalized if you're just trying to sit on a one goal lead and we should have seen that come in we we should have hammered liverpool there but you know it is what it is now we kind of we kind of know to learn from there we talk about that on the blog a little bit too that 
ready or not, here the games come. I mean, there are so many matches, and it's nearly impossible to preview all the matches that you want to watch. You got to plan appropriately. You got to pre-plan your TV schedule. I mean, Ian has four screens up and, you know, one on his lap, one in front of him on his dog moose, one on the wall, one on the side table. So, you know, you got to, you only have limited viewing space and you only have two thumbs to make the bets with if you're lucky. So, yeah, you know, plan accordingly. And one of those four screens that I had on this weekend was the Bayern Munich and Leverkusen game, which they are also referred to as Neverkusen because they're never going to win <laughs> the Bundesliga. They're never, they're they never coosing the cup, baby. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, you know, they, they kind of had control of the game for the most part. But as the game went on, you could just tell Bayern were the ones. If anybody was going to win that game, it was going to be them. And we even said beforehand in our write-up on the website, you're like, I, I just can't see Leverkusen winning this game. And, you know, we were right. Yeah, Lewandowski coming through for us in the 90 plus three, baby. (laughs) Yeah, so I I think that's uh, all the games that we wanted to recap and everything. Um, Getting into the midweek action, there's just so many games. One thing that we want to kind of try and do that you're really going to have to pay attention to on the website and Twitter is the DFB Pokal round of 32 uh, matchups coming up this week. We've got 14 games over two days. The other two games will be in January. But we've got all sorts of Bundesliga teams playing second, third, fourth division teams. So I think what we're going to try and do is get some sort of crazy parlay, maybe a two-day parlay, try and really aim at those Bundesliga teams against the lower league teams, assuming that they take those games you know, seriously. I'm not quite sure how uh, the, the DFB Pokal plays into everything in Germany. Blake, you could speak better on that. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. But first, I want to remind everyone what we did last week. We had the live betting series. So, you know, the next week we're going to do the Pokal stuff. We're going to explain what we're going to do and how it works on the blog. It's a little bit too long to go into depth here, but everyone has a chance in that one for sure. Just like we had a chance last week at making some money, right? So Ian and I, we put in 200 bucks, the $50 free bet back each day. And we ended up with $288 for plus 8.8 units. And we still have $50 in free bets to go. So things worked out for us. If we were watching our games appropriately and we were actively understanding what's going on in the matches, we were able to have some success there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll continue to update you guys on that as long as we have the free bets remaining because we're definitely going to be hammering those. Uh, getting into the games that we're actually going to focus in on, looking at now Tuesday and Serie A, we've got Juventus and Fiorentina. And the closest Fiorentina have gotten to beating Juve in the past three years was a 0-0 draw back in September of 2019. Juventus have beaten Fiorentina by a combined 10-1 to in that span. Oh, ass-beating. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been all Juventus. Um now, I, I know Juventus, they haven't quite got it together this year, but they do seem to have found some sort of form as they're now unbeaten in 12 games, which in Sierra, that's not super hard depending on who you're playing. But they've got 30 goals for and only eight against in that 12-game span. So they're they're figuring some stuff out since they took that beating, um, you know, back a couple of months ago. Fiorentina haven't won a league game in eight matches. They've got four draws in that span. 
when they played the top teams, they, they've lost by multiple goals. Milan, they lost 0-2, Roma 0-2, and Atalanta most recently 0-3. So, you know, I definitely say Juventus is a top team there. Ooh, yeah, I mean, we'll go straight to the spread wagers. The handicap with Ty has Juventus on even money, a plus 100 at minus one. Fiorentina plus one at plus 230. The number I really like, though, is Juventus minus two plus 270. I think that Ooh. one has a pretty decent chance because they're showing Fiorentina plus two at minus 125. I think, though, that if Juventus keep the hot streak going here and keep the history going, it could be that they win by three goal total. And if you want to do that, that's a that's a pretty nice line for that. The over under over 2.5 at minus 160 under 2.5 at plus 128. So the over 2.5 is the favorite what we're seeing here. Money lines, they speak to what Ian was saying. Juventus minus 290, Fiorentina plus 750. Wow. And now those spread numbers there, are those Asian handicaps or are those spread three ways? Three-way spread, I'm sorry. Yeah, handicap with tie. Yep. And that's definitely something you guys want to check out. Uh, I don't think we've quite talked about that so much, but the spread three-way is definitely going to be better odds for you. But if... It's exactly on the spread. You lose. It's not a push. So if you're looking at Asian handicap where it's minus one or plus one and it's exactly the spread, it's just a push. So there's definitely something you want to look around for. I know FanDuel, as far as I can tell, does not offer the Asian handicap. They just do the spread three way. So, you know, if if you've got a FanDuel account, you might want to look elsewhere. I know Blake uses uh, points bet. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, man. Points bet does have the Asian handicap. I know DraftKings Sportsbook also has the Asian handicap. And it just obviously it's going to be a little bit lesser odds, but it gives you the opportunity for the push. And if you look at the spreads, especially in the NFL and NCAA football, Vegas is so good at making those lines. You don't want to handicap, you don't want to, you know, hurt yourself any more than you already are because you're already going against the juice most times. You're not going to take a plus 270 as opposed to a minus 160. So if you're taking minus odds, take something that at least gives you an out for a push, whereas these spread three ways, they don't give you any sort of room for a push. And you've been listening to us. You'll understand that I'll probably take a little bit more of a riskier line than Ian does. He kind of brings me back to earth. With It's a good combo. I see Juventus to win and both teams to not score at plus 125. So the in-game parlay there, you see Juventus winning, but both teams not scoring. So in my estimation, that's Juventus keeping a clean sheet at plus 125. That's not bad right there. You know, we talk about 10-1 over the past uh, couple of years in, the, in this matchup. That, that seems like something that might happen. So moving on, uh, we're moving to La Liga, where we've got Valencia and Sevilla, which are two teams I don't think we've, quite looked at just yet um but they they're both coming off games against some of the bigger opponents in la liga and they've had decent results so it it seems like it might be a good spot for us to to look at some wagers here and and in our opinion we're looking at a tight affair as the two teams haven't totaled more than two goals in their last five meetings against each other and only twice have they scored just one goal between the two teams. Valencia have just one loss in their last eight games, five of them being draws. So you could say they're definitely draw specialists. Valencia have beaten uh, Real Sociedad, Real Madrid, and drawn against Barca 
and lost to Atletico Madrid just one nothing. So they're definitely no slouches. Those are probably four of the top five or six teams in La Liga this year. Sevilla, meanwhile, only have two losses in their last 11 games, with eight of those being wins. So they're definitely playing really well right now. They don't score too much. They've only given up 10 goals in 12 games. So uh, they've scored 14 in those 12 La Liga games. So, you know, they're averaging just over one goal a game and uh, just under one goal given up per game. So I definitely see this as being a very tight game. If you can find a, a plus one or an under two and a half for decent odds, that's that's kind of where I would be looking. Yeah, speaking of under two and a half, I'm showing it at minus 150 for the match there with Sevilla being a money line favorite at minus 105, Valencia plus 300. If we look at the spread wagers, we're seeing Asian handicap. Sevilla is only a half goal favorite at minus 110. Valencia, a half goal favorite. At minus 115. So if you think the draw specialist is on, you know, if you get half of a goal, you're a winner. And in Valencia's case, they would have won the match if it was 1-1 at minus 115. I'm showing the handicap with tie, so the three-way handicap. Valencia minus one at plus 1,000. Sevilla plus one at minus 400. And then the handicap tie plus one there at plus 520. Yeah, and you know, we don't really like betting the draws here so if you're looking at the stats again with the last five meetings between these two teams they've only had more than two goals uh, just one time sorry they haven't actually i stand corrected there they haven't scored more than two at all in their last five so under two and a half looks pretty solid to me yeah and valencia on the draw or no bet is plus 195 so if you think it's going to be really tight i mean that's great Plus 195, almost two to one on your money. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely take a look there. That seems, I know most people don't follow Valencia or Sevilla, but that seems like a a good spot to make some money there. Yeah, and keeping it on Tuesday in the same league, we're seeing Real Sociedad playing against Atletico Madrid at Sociedad. We see the last five meetings between these two teams is 2-2-1, so they've got four shutouts and that 2-2-1 record split between the two teams. Sociedad having the edge in goals scored to six uh, versus Atletico's five. Sociedad are in poor form lately, actually, though, because they haven't won in eight games in a row. They've had two losses uh, in a row in that eight-game streak. However, Atletico seem to be back on track. After their 2-0 defeat in the Madrid derby, they've scored three goals in each of their last two games, and they're rolling. Uh, What do you see there for odds, Ian? Yeah, so if we're looking at Atletico, they're plus 135 money line. Real Sociedad are plus 220 money line. I'd probably stay away from Sociedad as far as just money line. I, I don't see them winning. I could see them keeping it close, maybe even a draw. We're looking at total goals over two and a half is plus 130. Under 2.5 is minus 175. That doesn't seem like quite good enough. I, I know they're favoring under two and a half goals, but to me, Atletico can score just about any time they want if they've got the lineup going. So this might be one of those that you wait for the lineups to come out. But we're also looking at uh, a draw or Atletico minus 286, a draw or Sociedad minus 176. If we go into the spreads here, we're looking at the Asian handicap Atletico minus 0.5 at plus 135. I, I might kind of take that there, a draw 
well, sorry, a draw, you'd lose your money. But I, I think Athletico comes out on top here. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. The only random statistic I got for everybody is that there's been five first-half penalties across Sociedad's last five home La Liga games. So if you're feeling lucky and you want to throw a little cash that you have extra set aside on something random with some higher odds, take a look at your book and look for either team to score a penalty. I'm sure you'll get some great plus odds on that. Yeah, that sounds good. And then I believe this is the last game we've got for La Liga. If we move on to Valladolid and Barcelona. And I've got a little note here. Could AFTB become always fade the Barca? Ooh, I like where your thoughts are at. <laughs> now, it might not be exactly what you think. We're not going to pick them to lose every game, obviously. <laughs> no. But they are really struggling under Coleman. They're not playing that typical style that you would expect of a Barcelona. They're not beating teams by one, two, three, four goals. It's a draw or they're winning by one. And there's just something not right with them. They've only got two wins in their last five games, and they actually have a goal differential of minus two in those five games. Like, can you ever imagine a time where Barcelona were minus two over a five-game five game span? No. Like, uh, uh, not since I've been paying attention with my money. That's ever happened before. <laughs> yeah, right? Now, they're coming off what I would call a disappointing 2-2 draw with Valencia. Um, you know, at Valladolid, they've only got one loss in their last six games, which was 2-0 against Atletico. This, to me, could be another spot to fade Barcelona, as this will be their 10th game in the last 31 days, whereas Valladolid will be playing only their fifth game in the same time, time span. So they've got twice as much rest. And, you know, so... I, there's no way that Barcelona are – I don't see them winning by more than one goal in this game. What what have we got for the odds? Yeah, you know, I'm targeting what you were talking about. I had it scheduled uh, on my calendar, and I had it circled in the odds makers. Uh, the Yid is plus 200, and they're plus 200 on the win or the draw. The double chance Ooh. bet is fantastic for them. Uh, the spread for them is plus 195 at plus one on the three-way – I don't have an Asian available to me right now, nor do I have uh, an Asian available to me right now. Yeah, don't tell your wife that. No, that's why I'm recording this from the closet. <laughs> I don't want her to hear any of these secret things. Uh, but if I look elsewhere, I'm seeing the Asian handicap plus one at 124 for that bet. And I think that's pretty good. You know, 1.24 times your money back. But I would personally be on the three-way handicap plus tie. That's what I had circled at plus 195. Yeah, that sounds like a good shout there. You know, like Barcelona is probably going to win, but to be able to get plus 200 for a winner draw from Valladolid, you know, that that seems like a, a good chance to make a decent amount of bank right there to me. Now we'll move on. We're, we're keeping with Tuesday, but we're actually moving on to a new competition that we haven't quite talked about. It's called the Carabao Cup or the EFL Cup, which stands for the English Football League. So this, as opposed to the FA Cup, where any team can sign up and, and play, this is strictly professional teams that are playing in the EFL Cup. Now, we're on to the quarterfinals, which is the fifth stage here. The one thing to note about these games are it's a single leg game, and it goes straight to penalties if it's tied after regulation. So no 15-minute, you know, two 15-minute periods here. It's going straight to penalties. A lot of that's because of how much congestion we have with COVID and everything. 
So make sure when you're betting here and everything that you're paying attention, whether it's to advance or in the full 90, because this is a single elimination game. So the first game we're going to look at is Brentford and Newcastle. And Brentford is in the English Championship, which is the second division of England, where they actually are going to be kicking themselves from last season where they didn't qualify for promotion into uh, the Premier League. They ended up losing in a playoff to Fulham, 2-1. to one, And they actually just missed out on the final day from automatic promotion, uh, missing out against West Brom. West Brom nipped them last game they won, and Brentford lost, which put them into the playoff. So Brentford are definitely going to believe they have every right to be here against Newcastle and Premier League. They think that they should be in the Premier League, you know, right off the bat to begin with. So that I feel they're definitely going to come after Newcastle here and they're going to look for that signature win. I also feel that Newcastle are going to come out with their str- full strong squad because they really don't have much to play for in the league. They're not fighting relegation. They're not playing for Europa. They're not playing for Champions League, obviously. So this is really one place they have to win some silverware, you know, depending on the draw, how it goes and everything. Now, if we look at the stats, Brentford secured their spot here in the quarters back in September 30th uh, with a revenge win against Fulham. They beat them 3 nothing. So, you know, I mean, that's a pretty solid win over a yeah. Premier League team. Absolutely. And, and Brentford are actually unbeaten in their last 13 matches. Seven of those are draws, though. So you might look at, at, a, at a draw here which we never like to bet, but maybe a tight game under two and a half, something like that. Newcastle have played the three newly promoted teams back to back to back here recently in the Premier League. And they've come out with just four points, which probably be a little bit of a disappointment. They lost to Leeds, drew to Fulham and beat West Brom. Newcastle secured their spot in the quarters with a win in penalties against Newport, which I've never heard of Newport before I looked this game up and I'm sure you haven't played Newport. Uh, Newport are actually in the fourth division of the EFL. So yeah, the only Newports I know are cigarettes, man. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) right. But so to have to go to penalties against Newport, you know, Mm. maybe I I can't remember if they played their full squad or not that game, but I'm sure they're going to come out playing their full squad here. But, you know, to me, this this could be a really tight affair. Do you have any odds there? Are they showing anything? Yeah, I've got it. Brentford plus 135, Newcastle plus 175, and the draw at plus 220. So they're thinking it's going to be a close game as well. The draw no bet on Newcastle's plus 102. So if you want to take a premiership side at plus 102, it's pretty good. Otherwise, Brentford's minus 140. Ian talked about the under at 2.5, minus 118. So that's favored, you know, as far as goals are concerned. The main wagers of this match showing of win to nil for Brentford at plus 340 and Newcastle at plus 400. So definitely the bookmakers think there's going to be a goal scored here, which in that case, uh, you'd go the over 0.5 scored. They're not even giving an odd for that as far as I can see. The only one I see is 1.5 at minus 375 over 1.5 minus 375. Yeah, and the one thing to note about here is – Brentford, I would say the under two and a half to me sounds the bet. That's in the full 90, not 
Well, yeah, there is no overtime. To, to me, the under two and a half is probably going to be the, the best bet there. Brentford lost their best striker, Ollie Watkins, to Aston Villa over, you know, the the two seasons here past. So I, they're struggling a little bit to score goals. Newcastle, they're okay with Joel Linton and uh, Callum Wilson. But uh, to me, this has got a really tight affair, not a lot of goals written all over it. Yep, minus 118. That's why we picked it out to show you the value for sure. We'll move yeah, on to Arsenal. Bad. Arsenal, the Gunners, my favorite team that's not Ooh. Sheffield United. <laughs> Blake, stop it. Stop yeah, it. man. I know I'm always needling you about them, but over the weekend, uh, you know, we saw what we saw. It was what we expected. And now they're moving on to Pep's gang. You know, I don't know if you're going to see Alba Mayang back. He's got a calf injury, they say. It's minor. You know, first Arteta goes on uh, the presser and says it's a minor thing. We have to reevaluate midweek. And then they kind of press him about it. And he's, you know, not giving up too much information. He's trying to be coy. But when you see coy, you know, interviews like that, you always think that there's something a little bit more than meets the eye. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier uh, before the kickoff against Everton, but I was like, well, I guess it's time to put on my Arsenal jersey and support my team. <laughs> I knew what was coming. They fucking lost again. The more I watch them, because you and I are working together and doing this fun thing here, the more I understand what you're saying about them needing players. I don't think it's the manager's fault necessarily that they're playing the way they are. I think that they need people on the ball that are able to have a little bit better field vision. A lot of the times I'm not seeing the heads being picked up right away. I'm not seeing the foresight to have these one-touch passes like Pogba had the other day, this amazing no-look, one-touch flick into the 18 where you know he leads somebody to a goal. The buildups aren't there. It's just not fair for me to say that the coach isn't doing his job. Arsenal really need to come out and, and show that that they can play, but they also need to have the players to do that with. Yeah, and the one thing – that I will say about Arteta for how brilliant he is as a tech, I would say a tactician, it's not quite translating right now. He's not somebody you want there fighting uh, a relegation battle. He's not super tough. He was always a little bit of a flair player and everything when he was playing for us. So if our backs are against the wall and we do get into a relegation battle, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, but you know, if, if we're going to look just at the odds here, you know, we're obviously City is going to be the favorite. The one thing I would say is make sure I would wait until about an hour before kickoff when the lineups come out here, because I have no idea if Pep is going to take this competition seriously. You know, you probably would say the Premier League is the number one priority, then Champions League, then FA Cup, and then you'd go with the Carabao Cup as far as what Pep's looking at. So there is a chance that he plays and or sorry that he rests a bunch of players if he does that maybe there's a chance arsenal wins uh otherwise you know we're looking at city minus 155 money line arsenal plus 380 and if we're looking at the total goals over two and a half is minus 200 over three and a half plus 128 i if those goals are coming from somewhere, they're coming from City because Arsenal are not scoring right now. I don't think Aubameyang will be back, like you said. So I, I don't see a whole lot of goals. Arsenal are uh, okay enough at the back to where it, they're not going to get pumped three, four, nothing. But I, so I, I would not take over any more than three and a half goals. That, that just seems like too much to me. 
I think I'm with you on that. I think like uh, uh, under under three and a half is where I would be and, and probably like a, a draw situation. I'm not a fan of the draw, but you know, under, yeah, under three totally and a half. Arsenal, I could totally see Arsenal just sitting in and waiting for penalties because that's how they've done some of their damage in, in these right. cups as of late. Uh, Arsenal or draws plus 130. So maybe, and again, you know, if you see that City just starts all their youngsters, Arsenal or draw plus 130 to me is great odds. I don't know if you'll be able to get those odds once the lineups come out. But if we're looking at the spreads here, Arsenal plus one are plus 130, plus two or minus 209 as well, like you were kind of saying. So we might have to wait until we get closer to the games for those Asian handicaps. Well, like you were saying, I mean, not so much attention on the Carabao Cup as there is on Premiership, uh, La Liga, Serie A, League One, you know, the Farmers, even uh, EPL during the week here, which so right. we'll keep it we'll keep it moving forward. Wednesday, twelve twenty three, Real Madrid play host to Granada, and in this match, we're seeing Granada are actually unbeaten in their last five games. They have an easy run of late, playing some teams that they're capable of taking care of. Uh, Madrid have also won five straight after their stunning second loss to Shakhtar in the Champions League. They have, however, scored at least two goals in four straight games. So that's two goals from one side in four straight games. Uh, Ian, what do we see for over 2.5 goals in that match? Yeah, so over 2.5 is minus 185. If we go over 3.5, we're looking at plus 138. So that's kind of the the tipping point right there, over 2.5, over 3.5. How about both teams to score? As in the last two matches, we've seen Real Madrid and Granada both score on the head-to-head. Yeah, so if we're looking at both teams to score, yes is minus 115. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, if, if you're guaranteeing me that Real Madrid have scored and you see the last couple matchups both teams have scored, I'm probably going to be on that as far as what, what shows value to me. But you'll have to take a look at the website to see what Ian and I argue over tonight and, and what we post on there going into the week. Yeah, and one other thing I'd look at there is Granada plus one and a half Asian handicap at minus 115. So if you don't think they're going to get beat by more than two, that that's a good shout. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of shouts, Mourinho was shouting as uh, <laughs> they didn't retain the second-place battle. Uh, Spurs are now winless in three straight, and their title hopes are going bye-bye. That's why I bet them to finish top four of the league, not to win the league. They're, it'll be interesting to see what they do against Stoke. I mean, we all know Stoke for what they are. They're going to sit back and let the other team have possession. They do better when they counter like that, and they're in games longer when they counter like that. They might even play for penalties. Forget the counters. Let's just kick it down the field and waste some time. <laughs> Spurs are usually pretty lethal on the counter, but in this game, we don't see that to be a factor. You know, if they're going to have possession and be in the opposition half, then they're not doing much countering. And we saw that against Palace, you know, Spurs played for a bit of the first uh, half there, got a goal then tried to sit in and see a one nil victory turn into a one, one draw, of course. And and who knows if they're going to learn from their past mistakes. I mean, Mourinho He's kind of like hit or miss on his tactical decisions here. He's all over the place like a scatterbrain. One week he wants to sit in, one week you want to see him uh, play possession. And so this week we'll see what he does. I don't think they're going to let Stoke take it to him unless they really want to open up the Stoke side and then try to put those balls in through over the top like they usually do from Kane to Son or vice versa. Uh, Stoke are here after a 1-0 victory over Villa while Spurs defeated Chelsea in penalties. And, you know, this is the one to watch the lineups for. If you see that Spurs are resting all their players, you know, Son, Kane. Kane gets a lot of rest ever since his hamstring injury. They haven't been trying to uh, use him, overuse him, I should say. 
They've got a lot of games coming up over the holiday season. And this is the time where Kane got injured last year, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Ian? Yeah, yeah, it is right around there. And, you know, we talk about you really want to find out which teams are going to take this seriously. You feel that Newcastle and Brentford are going to take it seriously. Arsenal and City, maybe, maybe not. Arsenal potentially looking at a relegation battle. City are obviously fighting for the Premier League title. Spurs, they still feel they have a chance in the Premier League. They've also got some stuff going in Europa League. And, you know, if you look at Stoke, they're probably not going to get promoted. You know, they're a little too far down the table. There's still a lot of a lot of football left. But if we look at, at that, you know, you see Stoke plus 480 money line. I don't think they're going to win in regulation. If anything, it's going to go to penalties and, and they'll pull it out there. But depending on the lineups, again, wait and see how this looks. But under two and a half plus 150 seems like pretty good odds to me. Plus one is plus 155 and plus two is minus 176. So I'd probably say under two and a half might seem like the best shout there. But uh, again, wait until we get the lineups there for kickoff. Yeah, it's always a good good idea in these matchups. I mean, we talked about City and wait until their lineup comes out. We know Aguero is hurt. He wasn't playing on the weekend. He won't he won't play this week. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. I don't think he's gonna play midweek here. This is like this is probably the last round here where you're not sure if they're gonna take it seriously or not. If if your team gets past this round, hundred percent they're gonna take it serious. They're gonna try and win some silverware. This this one is the last sort of spot where you're like, eh, are they gonna take it seriously or not? So you just gotta wait. Right. And speaking of waiting. Manchester United have waited quite some time to get some hardware back again. And I think (laughs) OGS wants to make a statement and understand that uh, his job is a little bit safer than what we all saw. But I mean, we did see six goals today from him, but it is against the newly promoted lead side. So now we're moving on in the same cup to Everton hosting United, Manchester United. Everton (laughs) seem to be in great form again, Ian. They're like uh, the beginning of the season again, where they just won three straight after beating Arsenal the other day. They beat Leicester, they beat Chelsea. And the only other team that might be hotter than them is actually United. They scored 14 goals in their last five games coming off this (laughs) 6-2 blitz of leads today, which is so embarrassing. I feel bad for Bielsa, man. Uh, He's a good guy, it seems like. seems like uh, he's liked by most of his players, even though the other coaches hate that he's trying to steal their tactics and things. Uh, United had a 3-0 victory over the bottom dwellers, Brighton, to advance to the quarters, and Everton handled West Ham 4-1. So you don't see Cavani playing this week. Uh, from the other side, though, you won't see uh, James Rodriguez playing. A couple of major guys that play big parts in the midfield there. So take a look at the lineups. You don't know who's going to do what. Uh, Ian, what do we got for odds right now before the lineups come out? Yeah, so if we're looking at odds, we've got Everton plus one, minus 139, plus two at minus 400. Not great odds there, obviously. If we're looking at... Under two and a half goals is plus 112, which I'd be kind of crazy to take that after we had an eight-goal thriller here with United. (laughs) But Everton definitely keep it tighter at the back than Leeds. They're not going to go try and press everybody all over the field like Bielsa does. Right. Totally agree with that. And I think that Everton, if they're returning to their beginning-of-season campaign form, are capable of scoring some goals too. Yeah, and this is this is a game. Uh, I know we've been hammering this home with the EFL games, but I feel like both teams think they've got a chance at the top four, which will be their priority for the season. Neither one of them is going to win the league, but if they can get that Champions League spot, 
they're definitely going to place priority over that over winning the EFL Cup. So it could be a chance that they both teams end up resting some players here. So definitely be on the lookout there. Yeah, well, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate all the new followers and subscribers. Keep the emails coming, thebettingxi at gmail.com and visit us on Twitter at bettingxi, our website, thebettingxi.net. And we'll talk to you all midweek. That's right. And uh, make sure to look out for that uh, DFB Focal Parlay that we'll, we'll have going on. All right. Peace.